right, welcome to New Endings, and thanks for listening, everybody. My name's Darren. I'll be your uh, host today, as usual. Uh, today we have Stacy, our new co-host on the show today. Say, say hello, Stacy. Hello. I figured uh, I should probably get somebody smart on this show, so I asked Stacy to to join us each week. She can relate a little more to some of our uh, women guests that we have on, so I thought it'd be a, a good addition for us. So thanks for coming on, Stacy. I appreciate it. No problem. Speaking of uh, women guests, we have Tina today from Oklahoma. Uh, Tina is what I would refer to as a uh, work in progress. Uh, all of our uh, hurt habits and hang-ups are different, and if you were listening the last yes, few weeks... that would be me. Oh, all right, Tina, hang on one second. Um, uh, if you were listening the last few weeks... Uh, we had several uh, drug and alcohol issues on the show, and uh, in the case of drugs and alcohol, you can you can see more uh, immediate results, you know, from your recovery, just for the fact that uh, when we we stop whatever we were doing, our bodies show drastic changes right away. I'm in a lot of uh, recovery Facebook groups and that type of thing, and people are always posting, you know, before and after pictures, and you can barely recognize the people after they stop using. And uh, in Tina's case, she dealt with a lot of uh, childhood trauma, abusive relationships, and these sort of situations, you know, they take a little bit longer to show effects. Uh, we need to learn how to deal with forgiveness, which is difficult, of uh, the people that uh, have hurt us in the past and dealing with memories that we have all bottled up for all these decades. Stacy, you deal with a, a lot of women that are in uh, abusive relationships. W what, do you, uh, what do you see as a common denominator and how uh, these women feel about themselves. Well, I don't know if it's a common denominator or threads, if you will. And um, I unfortunately speak from experience. I was in an abusive uh, marriage for a short time, so got to have a little bit of experience there. But um, oftentimes these women grow up in homes where they see their moms abused, and so um, they think that that's normal. Also, they, um, a common thread is they, they don't think they deserve any better. Um, so that really is equaling a low self-esteem and self-worth. Right. Okay, mm -hmm. well, that makes sense. That's what I hear a lot when I'm talking to these folks on, uh, on, the, on the radio show here. But uh, All right, Eli, let's, uh, let's get Tina on the line and see what she has to say for us today. All right, well, uh, Tina, you have an interesting story uh, about how you got started in CR because... Uh, you didn't go because you were looking for help. You were you were going so you could visit your uh, husband that was in prison. It was a way to a way to visit him. So why don't you tell us that part first, and then we'll go back a little bit and find out how you got there. It was considered like AA, and to them it was new because CR has not been in Oklahoma very long in some places, and the prisons don't really see it. They see it as a form of church because it is the Christian part of it that they recognize. So you and, you started going yeah. not because you had the issue Correct. with addiction, but that he did. Um, so what did you learn there about yourself, or is that where you learned something, was when you were going with him, or did you visit um, a Celebrate Recovery outside of jail? At the time, I was despair. <laughs> I was just doing the wife duty or what I thought was the wife duty to be there next to their husband <laughs> at that time. <laughs> okay. Could you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your childhood um, and, and how you led to, what led you to make some of the decisions that you made later in life? 
I would say I pretty much don't have any childhood memories. Um, I can go back to one very um, traumatic um, experience, but um, it was with my three stepbrothers, and my parents were headed out, and they were getting all, I say, dolled up, all dressed up, all smelled real good, and I was about five years old. And I was running behind my dad, and I can remember grabbing his legs and telling him, please don't leave me again mm. with them. And my dad was trying to figure out why I was so hysterical. And my brothers all ran in different directions, and he figured out something good wasn't going on. And when I was questioned about it, I used the F word and said they would do it again. Wow. And... My dad laid them over the bed and busted them, and he opened the door, and he said, look, they got their spankings. And then my mom turned around and looked at me and said, it's all your fault. Oh. And from then on, everything in my whole life has always been my fault. Right. Even if you spilled a glass of tea right now, I would say, oh, that's my fault. Let me clean that up for you. Right. Well, that uh, obviously stuck with you for years, but uh, mm -hmm. from when we talked, your your father told, uh, basically told everybody not to talk about it, keep it within the family, right? He didn't want anybody yeah. to hear about it. Yes. Yeah. These were back in the time, probably a good 50 years ago, when that's what the family did. Yeah. Everything bad that happened in the house stayed in the house, stayed with, you know, that was Dad's way of fixing things. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's kind of old school and not, not a very good yeah. idea. Um, very long time ago. Now, yeah. do, besides the sexual abuse that you had to endure, um, I, I guess your mother was uh, pretty abusive also, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, me being the only girl, I was the only one. She was trying to teach me to do housework and what she thought was, you know, womenly duties and I had to do all the laundry, make all the beds. I had to keep the house and start dinner and so on and so forth. Right. And my brothers pretty much did not do anything. And they would run about and come home and who knows when. And I was still standing at the stove with mom making a pot of beans. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, she was even uh, physically abusive, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. Um, one time I did not make her bed, and for about 30 minutes completely, um, she just whooped me and whooped me. And when I showed my dad, when he got home, he said, what did you do to deserve it? Yeah. Wow. So I always thought I deserved it. Yeah. And I was probably a good 16 years old. Oh, boy. And I was still getting whoopings to where it was hard to sit down. So, oh, boy. So that's yeah. kind of a common theme. Yeah. It was a very long time ago. Um, I don't hold it against my mom because I just I believe that she just wasn't taught any other way. Right. But you still have to deal with it, unfortunately. Now, now, you said you kind of yeah. you kind of uh, immersed yourself in school and tried mm -hmm. to you know, tell me about that. Um, I loved making straight A's because straight A's meant no other whoopings other than what I was already getting. Um, I liked joining like Spanish clubs, other clubs. I liked excelling and 
you know, doing my best that I could. The honor club, I graduated with 4.0 up until the time I met a man, of course, who's older than me, and I ended up pregnant. Oh, okay. So, yes. Well, so what were you, you were like uh, 18 or so, right? When you. When you um, I uh, was 18 at the time I did give birth, yes. Okay. So, so now you're you're still in high school and 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 you have a baby on the way. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And for dad, to him, um, not quite a shotgun wedding, but it was the equal to, and that was he told him if he did not marry me, he would never see the baby. And oh. I did not know that. That was between him and my dad. Okay. Well. But I still call it a shotgun wedding. Well, I guess so. That's not <laughs> a very good way to get started off, for sure. to the courthouse immediately. Oh, boy. Well, and I'm... dad did not know that he was becoming, I wouldn't say he was abusive so much as much as hot-headed, hot-tempered. Right. So you kind of had a clue going into this that things might not work yeah, out too well. To throw his beer bottle and pretty much hear it crash wherever and whatever, and I didn't take that as violence. Right. I just I thought he didn't like to hear the crash of the glass. Right. <laughs> well, if he's throwing beer bottles, then there must have been alcohol <laughs> yeah. involved, I would assume, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's but he was my, doing some drinking yeah. also. Okay. So my pregnancy, I was in LPN school, and in Oklahoma at that time, I don't know if they still do the program this way. You finish your twelfth um, grade year, and then you take the extra year to complete the nursing school. And here I am walking across the stage, graduating from nursing school, pregnant. Oh, nice. And then uh, five weeks later, I lost the baby to SIDS. Oh. I don't know if you know. Most um, people call it crib death. Yeah. Well. Um, and I was kind of aware of it because we did learn about it in nursing school. Right. Well, but that's sad to hear that you lost your child that early. Um, so I, I guess you guys, you're married, and he, he ends up mm-hmm. moving you to Florida, I guess, or? Yes, so he you, was yeah. in cable TV, and I would say now that he was running from things. Um, he took any and every job offer that moved him to the next state oh. or the next bigger paycheck or say they offered him a company truck or whatever it was to entice him to go elsewhere. So prob- it's not the most uh, stable situation is what you're saying, right? Right. right. Okay. And I'm following along because I'm his wife, and that's what I did. Right. <laughs> that was your duty, right? You were taught that young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, you get to Florida, and, and the I guess the abuse gets a little worse, huh? Yeah, it was getting the more drinking, the more. I would say he was using anything and everything he could get his hands on to oh. get high. And in the meantime, I was working as a waitress. And he was draining my bank account faster than I could put it in there. Oh, boy. And, of course, we were coming up with hot checks and yeah. um, to supply whatever. If he thought he needed new tires on his truck, we went and wrote a hot check. Yeah. And um, I told him I thought I might be pregnant. And he said, you're not having that baby. And I said, well, I'm not having an abortion. And I called my dad, who's still in Oklahoma, and he bought me a plane ticket. And he said, get yourself back to Oklahoma. But he did not know about the abuse. Right. And 
When I returned, I walked in. My mom didn't know. She handed me the phone. She said, he's on the phone. Do you want it or don't you? And I had told him I had taken a pregnancy test and that it did come up positive. And if he wanted to be there for the first doctor's visit, he was more than welcome. And he didn't make it until about the seventh month was oh. about the first um, doctor's appointment. Oh, and I was definitely keeping the kid. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents the whole time didn't know. I didn't inform them of what was going on. But my dad told him and me both that the child needed a father. And then for about two years, while my child was still in diapers, um, we lived in different places. He didn't really know how to pay rent. So if we got by with paying rent or not paying rent, and they let us stay there another month, if not, we had to move. And we got into a I wouldn't say a bad house, but we got into it to where we couldn't take care of the utilities. And my dad came and picked me and the baby up. And my dad said, you're not getting either one of them back until, um, you know, basically you get, you know, what together. So um, basically get yourself together. And he did for a little bit, but... um, I forgot to make dinner one night, and he got angry, and the dishes went across the kitchen, and somehow or another, he hit me, and when he did, um, it rung my bell, and I hit the floor, and immediately my whole face bruised, and he decided to run me to the emergency room, and he told me to swear up and down that I um, fell uh, the steps were wet, and I fell. Okay, well, and that's, that's kind of common. So at the time, know. I was told to do that, and that's right. what I did. Now, you, you, so and, you, you get into one of these. Um, there was a man I went to high school with, mm-hmm. and he came to town. He's in the Navy, and he said, I want to see you. And I said, I can't see you. I have a black face. And mm-hmm. I told him a black eye. And he said to his mom that he would... Um, uh, have a paycheck. He would have enough money for me to take a plane ticket to California if I ever decided to get away. Okay, so you decided to do do that, I guess. And uh, yes. this was after after you chased your uh, your other husband around with a knife, I guess, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I had that in my notes. I want to make sure you got that out there. So you you, yeah. you kind of lost um, it at that I point. I came so, to yeah. my senses when I was crying, and he told me you have nothing to cry about. And yet something clicked, and I was like, this, this isn't right. And I chased him, and he, basically he was squealing like a little girl. But <laughs> all I seen was a kitchen knife, and I picked it up, and I was so angry. And I just went after him. Um, there was another person there, and they totally stopped me and got in between the two of us. And I just said, the next day I'm picking up my stuff, and I'm going. Right. I had a way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going. I took a box of diapers and I left. Yeah. Well, you finally finally reached your breaking point and knew that uh, okay, this is enough of this. I don't deserve this. I'm out of here. So you. It's pretty yeah. much insanity. Yeah, yes. I'm sure it sounds like it. So uh, you you, uh, you go to California and you you hook up with the with the new guy, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you run into a different problem with this one is that he's mentally abusive, controlling yeah. and. 
Okay. The whole time we were in California, I wasn't allowed to have the keys to the vehicle. He's in the Navy. He's out for six months. I'm pregnant. I have no way to get to the hospital. I had to ask the apartment manager to get me to the hospital. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were not married. And um, when he came back, he said, I'm going to ask you one time to get married. And we came back to Oklahoma and got married. And when his he seen his parents, I seen them as aging. He did not want them to come back to Oklahoma, but we did because I told him, your parents are not going to be living very long. Yeah. But um, we just had problem after problem after problem. Right. One day, um, I wanted a new car. I was working, and I said, let's go look at a Kia. And it was like a $180 payment, and I was $8 short, and he wouldn't even give me the $8 to pay for and yeah. I looked at him, I said, so I guess you're not going to give me $2 to go get a gallon of milk. Yeah. And he said no. And okay. in the midst of our argument, my daughter, who is now 14, has had a very strict stepfather. She heads out the back door, and she's running away. She's tired yeah. of us arguing. We're never getting along. And... Um, I told her sister to call the police because I thought I was fixing to report her as a runaway. When the police got there in the midst of our argument, my second husband pressed charges against me for oh. child abuse, oh which was state charges. So that kind of came, that, that brought this <laughs> whole thing to an end. Yeah, that, well, that brought that chapter to an end, and you, you, yes. you end up I was sitting in jail crying, thinking, what am I going to do now? Right, right. <laughs> So you come back here and we get to get to our uh, our our third guy here that uh, he's the one that ends up in prison. But uh, I guess he had a real uh, um, drug problem. And, yes. You know, he spent all your money on drugs and that type of thing. He yes. Steals a gun from the lady he's working from and gets arrested for that. And yes. Yeah. And he ends up in prison. And yes. uh, that's when you came into the that's the beginning of the story or the end, however you want to look at it, that. Uh, <laughs> That's when uh, you start visiting them at uh, CR inside the prison. I guess you were saying that AA, they made you go outside to go see AA, and they took the men alone. So your guys' plan was, well, if you do CR, because they have the CR inside uh, program, uh, that well, you, you would do that. Well, at this time, they did not have the CR inside for him. I don't know if it was available in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. but it was available at the church. Oh, great. Okay, so, so they, they went to the church. So they did take them to the church. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So that kind of, uh, um, well, he, you went for him, and then all of a sudden you started realizing you needed it, and uh, uh, about about the time he was getting out, you decided you were just going to divorce him and just move on, and then you kept going to celebrate recovery, right? Yes. All right, and that's kind of uh, where you kind of started going through, well, you went through the step study and you started going through the 12 steps and started realizing, uh, well, you tell me, what did you what'd you find out when you started going to celebrate? Well, I say I was kind of a smarty pants because I thought by going there, I met some people that did the ministry, the prison ministry. Right. And the, one of them was a state rep, I believe, and one of them was either bigger state rep or national or something right well i thought i was like oh wow i had my doc badge and i looked at her and i said i already had my badge 
can I go with you? And she said, no, you have to have the 12 steps. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't, you, they don't want you to yeah. go in without, you know, going through the 12 steps and figuring out your thing. I mean, CR Inside uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. is a great, great. I'm still mm -hmm. not admitting there's anything wrong with me. Well, right, course, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> CR Inside is a great program. You know, go into prisons and jails. Celebrate Recovery has a lot of different programs. As a matter of fact, they have uh, Celebrate Recovery Inside. They have Celebration Place for five to 13-year-olds. They have The Landing for junior high and high school. They have the regular CR groups. They have CR uh, Cultural Community, CR International. They have a Welcome Home program for veterans. They even have a, a CR Native Nations for, for uh, Native Americans. A CPR, they call it, for pastors that are in recovery. And the one I talk about all the time, Broken Chains. I think you're a member of Broken Chains too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Awesome. So that's great. Right, do you ride or no? I would ride if I had somebody to ride with. Oh, okay. I'm well, that's kind of like me. I'm either on the back or that's about it. I guess. I'm, not, I'm not getting behind the handlebars anymore. I, I already went through that experience when I was a but kid. But also, isn't Jeff Stoltz, which I'm probably putting his name out there, isn't he the founder here from Oklahoma? That's the only reason I'm saying that. Oh, really? I don't know if he is or not. I, I, I believe so. so. Yeah. I, I believe so. the first time I heard his testimony, mm. I believe that's yeah. what I heard in the testimony. Well, so that's why I joined. Oh, good. Not so nice. much as good. why I'm in there, but right. I feel as though even though I've not been an addict, I'm <laughs> I'm just as much as an addict as anybody else, only addicted to something else. Right, exactly right. That's what uh, Celebrate Recovery is all about. So that's why they talk about hurts, habits, and hangups of all different kinds. This is not all about alcohol and drugs, and that wasn't your issue. They, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So, so tell us. Um, you say you like to you you have to go basically is what you told me to CR for yourself. You just need you need when to be I there. When I very first heard that AA, they tell you when you take your first chip, you go ninety meetings in ninety days. I've not ever heard anything like that in CR, but I did right. go ahead and apply that only because I found out there's a meeting every single night of the week. Now, it might be in a whole different location, sure. a whole different church, a whole different, you know, which, um, you know, I took my first blue chip at one church, but yet I call my other church my right. home church because it's the first church I walked into. Yeah. But yeah. yet the very first church was the church I went into with my now ex-husband. Right. Well, so mm -hmm. I was going every single night of the week. Right. I was going mm -hmm. to a meeting that. To me, I thought I was going to spin out of control from the third divorce. To me, that meant failure. Like I had told you, I had accomplished so much in high school. I had gotten myself to a level of, you can't fail this. You, I mean, of course, with somebody being abusive, okay, you, didn't, you don't feel that you failed the marriage. Um, the other one, he filed for divorce, so I still didn't feel like I failed the marriage. Right. But on that third one, something hit me, and I was just like, I failed. I failed life. I'm not successful. My kids aren't going to have a good example. I mean, I really ran myself into the ground. Mm -hmm. And to go every single night, as much as I possibly could, I finally have calmed down. Right. <laughs> well, you get to celebrate recovery, and you find out there's other people out there that have the same issues that uh, that you're running through. You're not the only one. No. You know, mm -hmm. that's what a lot yeah. of people find out. So, that's great. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, 
Have you been able to forgive the people in your past yet, or are you still working um, on that? I forgive my brother because, for some strange reason, I think it's because of my granny teaching me they're all father. And to forgive, you have to be forgiven. Um, I did eventually forgive my husband because they committed suicide, and oh. I figured there's just no other way to ask for forgiveness. I guess not. Um, I had to go through that process. Yeah. Um, now, the third husband, I finally contacted him on Facebook, and we had a, a little small conversation about a little bit about amends. I basically said, um, I'm glad I'm in CR. I'm glad I stayed in CR. I'm glad I stayed going to church. I'm glad, you know, to me, I got closer to God. Perfect. To yeah. him, he calls him still the creator. And I said, when you have an experience with him as a God, you will begin to call him God. Yeah. But yeah. that was the end of our conversation. That was almost six years after the divorce, which now it's been nine years. My mother, I'm still working on. There's still a yeah, lot of yeah. issues there. My daughter, I could probably ask her for forgiveness every five minutes. And there's so much that she won't work on that it's just that in itself maybe someday there'll be a breakthrough well, you can't you can't um, change you can't myself, change other people myself you know? is the, probably yeah. the hardest part yeah because can't. i feel like i'm supposed to be smarter than all that i'm yeah. supposed to be smarter than to get abused i'm yeah. supposed to be no, no. so it is harder for me yeah well i'll tell you what you can't you can't help anybody else they can only help themselves and that's what you do is you, you concentrate yeah. on helping yourself so the, I'm glad you, the end of your story seems to be getting better. You still have some time to work it all out. But like I said, you're a work in progress, and you keep going to celebrate recovery. That's exactly what's going to happen now. One thing you're going you're familiar with is the uh, serenity prayer. We always uh, end it with the serenity prayer, so I'm going to do that now, okay? God, okay. grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. All right, Amen. Tina, well, thank you so much for coming on and, and having, having the courage to tell your story, thank and I'm you, sure Tina. it'll help a lot of people. So. Thank you. All right. You have a great day, Tina. Bye. All right. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, New Endings. Uh, my name is Darren. We have uh, Stacy, our new co-host over here. And uh, we'll see you next week on New Endings. And uh, don't forget to go to uh, uh, GoFundMe and uh, help us fund these radio shows. We're expanding, and we need your help. So GoFundMe page. Look for New, new Endings Radio on GoFundMe. Thank you.